Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Tuesday, the 21st of July, 2020. Let's take a look back at this day in radical history via the Slingshot Collective Day Planner. Get yours at slingshotcollective.org. On this day in 1964, IWW blueberry pickers began a strike in Grand Junction, Michigan. Today, I wanted to talk to you about uh, a Spanish anarchist who recently passed away. His name was Lucio Ortubia Jimenez. And he was brought to my attention by Owen, who saw something on Twitter about him. I had never heard of him before, so I did a little bit of research, read some interviews, looked at his Wikipedia page and some other stuff I could find online. And I just wanted to tell you about him because I think his life is worth knowing about. He passed away on the 18th at the age of 89. He was a Spanish anarchist known for expropriative anarchism, in other words, uh, stealing funds and materials and distributing them to uh, movements. At times, he's been compared to Robin Hood. He robbed banks. He forged documents throughout the 1960s and 70s as attacks against capitalism and the state. In the words of the Spanish playwright Albert Boadea, Lucio is a Quixote who did not fight against windmills, but against a true giant. Ortubia was born February 18, 1931, in Cascante, the fifth child in a very poor family. He was recruited for military service, so he and his companions ransacked a warehouse belonging to their uh, army company and deserted, fleeing to France in 1954. In Paris, he began to work as a bricklayer, which he continued doing for his entire life. He joined the young anarchists of the Fédération Anarchiste and befriended André Breton and Albert Camus. Soon after he moved to Paris, Ortubia was asked to hide a member of the Maquis, the Spanish guerrillas who opposed Franco from exile. That person who he hid in his home turned out to be uh, Francesco Sabate Yopar, and Sabate stayed on with Ortubia for several years until his death. Sabate helped families and anarchists exiled all throughout France and members of the old Spanish CNT who were living in various places in Spain. Before his imprisonment, uh, Sabate, uh, I'm sorry, Ertubia began to emulate Sabate's incursions into Spanish territory. Later, he undertook a series of robberies and holdups to obtain funds for the revolutionary cause. He always brought along his Thompson machine gun, which he inherited after Sabate's death. Ortubia's falsification of documents started around this same time, and no guerrilla or exile ever left him without false papers. He united with other anarchist companions to forge currency in the 1960s, and with this strategy financed numerous groups while also, of course, attempting to destabilize capitalism. With these activities, in the heat of the Bay of Pigs invasion, Ertubia proposed to Simeon Rosset, the ambassador of Cuba in France, to destroy American interests in France using explosives, but that offer was refused. He then talked to Che Guevara, the Cuban minister of the interior, and proposed a plan for a massive forgery of American money, but that proposal was likewise rejected, and Ertubia was a little bit disillusioned by that. The action for which he's most remembered, probably, was the forgery of Citibank Traveler's Checks in 1977. He forged 8,000 copies of 25 checks worth $100 each, and he damaged Citibank so severely that its stock price actually fell as a result. He used that money to help guerrilla movements in Latin America and Europe, 
And he was eventually caught, but he was only sentenced to six months in jail because Citibank made a deal where they would drop their charges in exchange for the printing plates that he used for the forgeries. His life was just a nonstop adventure. He was targeted by a number of international law enforcement and spy agencies, including the CIA. He helped uh, prepare the kidnapping of the Nazi Klaus Barbie in Bolivia. He collaborated in uh, helping one of the Black Panthers uh, to escape the U.S. He interceded in the kidnapping of Javier Perez. Uh, he mediated in the case of the playwright Albert Boadea, who we mentioned earlier. And he worked with a number of liberation movements uh, right up until his death uh, just last week. I'd like now to read a little bit of an interview with Ertubia that was printed in Vice in 2014. It was conducted by Alex Orma, who asked Ertubia if he was a dogmatic anarchist. And Ertubia said, sentences and discourses are for priests and politicians. To me, we are all what we do. Everyone should open their hearts and open their homes and avoid acting like an idiot. You should be generous, but there's no need to give it all away. In Spain, there's a saying, it goes something like, all poor people are generous, but poor people have nothing to give. Later in that interview, Ortubia talked about individual action. He said, quote, everyone must solve their own problems and nobody should expect anything from anyone. What a great idea it is to expect the church or some idiot politician to fix your problems. Who's going to help you? Nobody. In this world, you must fight for every single thing you want. Show that you are capable. Some people get what they want and never do anything with it. That's life. Others, though, are able to do a lot with very little, unquote. He talked about fear and respect and particularly how he had learned lessons. He said, quote, we must not be afraid of disrespecting those who don't deserve our respect. I have been lucky to be poor. It helped me lose that false respect very quickly, but smartly. I've spent time in 10 different Spanish prisons. You have to bite when you can and act wisely. If any of the things I began to do had ended up going wrong, I would probably have stopped doing them. But once again, I've been very lucky, unquote. On TowardFreedom.org, there's a piece about him in 2008, and in that piece he said that my anarchist origins are rooted in my experience growing up in a poor family. My father was leftist, he had gone to jail because he wanted the autonomy of the Basque country. For me, that's not revolution. I'm not nationalist. With nationalism, humanity has committed a lot of mistakes. When my father got out of jail, he became a socialist. We suffered a lot. I went to look for bread, and the baker wouldn't give it to me because we didn't have money. For me, poverty enriched me. I didn't have to make any effort to lose respect for the establishment, the church, private property, and the state, unquote. Describing anarchists, he said the anarchist is a person who is good at heart and responsible. He made no apologies for the need to destroy the current social order. He said it's good to destroy certain things because you can build things to replace them. In the Vice interview, he told a great story about a time when his luck held. He said on one occasion, the extreme right burned down a small printing press put together by some young people called Edit 17. After that, they asked me if I could get them a reinforced door. Back then, France was extremely rich. You could get anything you wanted. There was plenty of everything, and it was the opposite in Spain. Remember, of course, that Ertubia lived in France. He said, I was working on a building site at the time, and I spotted an iron door, which was perfect for them. I went back to the site at 5 a.m. and with a lot of effort took it out, but I couldn't put it in my van. At some point, a police car stopped next to me and one of the officers asked me what I was doing. I was still wearing my work uniform, so the other policeman said, your boss could have gotten someone to help you out. They were such idiots. Eventually, both officers helped me load a stolen door in my van. 
He said this, and I'll leave him with uh, the last word with this. He said this about the idea of expropriating funds and materials. Quote, I've expropriated, which according to the Christian religion is a sin. For me, expropriations are necessary. As the revolutionaries say, robbing and expropriation is a revolutionary act, as long as one doesn't benefit from it. Unquote. And that is a little look at the long life and times of Lucio Ortubia, who died July 18th at the age of 89. Thanks again to Owen for uh, spotting that online and uh, inspiring me to do some research. You can go to abriefchat.com to hear all the previous episodes of this show. You can also become a member there. Uh, we got a member earlier this week and lost one at the same time, so uh, we're back down to single digits. So get us back over the hump into, into double digits of membership. It's a tiny little show, but it's the little show that could. Uh, just go to abriefchat.com and uh, click on support the show. I love you. A better world is possible, but as Lucio Ortubia proves, there is a lot of work to do. Please.